Robbie Carter joins us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Robbie, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. No, pleasure, Dobbo, always. We just had a phenomenal yarn with um, a little earlier with Chris Pocock, um, the acting uh, principal yeah, yeah. at Spinifex State College, and just about the trial that's going on at, uh, with the Queensland Government putting a clinic in one of the local schools. I, I mean, it's one day a week. I understand Gigi Medical, uh, Gigi Healing is there. It, it, what a great story, though, that, you know, you know, finally they might be starting. I know it's a trial, but it, it would be a great step forward if they could get it done. Yeah, and um, getting any getting any uh, health service trying to drive it out there and, um, yeah, trying to hit some of them kids that um, probably uh, not going to present otherwise. It's um, It's got to help, mate. Uh, there's, there's um, we got a finger in the dikes everywhere on the on health in, in rural areas. So um, I guess that's been one positive thing that Gavin's done um, in that. But uh, we'll see how it goes first, Yeah, mate. it's early days. It's early days. Mate, there is a pig problem. The Catter Party has launched an appeal to the Queensland Federal Government for $20 million annual annual commitment to Feral Pig Education Fund. It, it is the fact that there is more than 5 million pigs uh, plus wild pigs in far north Queensland, yet they don't want to know about it. Yeah, and um, it's just such an easy one. Uh, pigs, because we can all agree they do damage, and everyone seems to want to save the environment these days. Seems to be a priority for everyone, and um, they're clearly just such a destructive force for the environment. And introduce species, they kill turtles, lambs, you know, all sorts of animals, and um, and they're they're prolific breeders. And you, you get, a, I think it's about seventy five percent of population you got to uh, contain to uh, stop the growth. And um, that's huge numbers. And in the context of the lumpy skin and the, and the foot and mouth disease knocking on our door, they're one of the biggest factors. So, um, you know, there's, they say, oh, there's not much you can do, you know, if these things come in. Well, there is something you can do. There's one of the, the big risks if they do come in is is that they could be, um, you know, could be could be spread by pigs. But um, So it's one thing we could do right now is control those numbers and, at the same time, it's something we should be doing anyway because they destroy the environment. So, um, you know, that, that's a big thing. And like this Animal Welfare Act that's going through Parliament right now, including the State Parliament also, is, takes out the yellow phosphorus poison, which, um, you know, it's not that prolific, but it's it's used as it's one of the crucial, you know, five or six tools that they use to control pigs. And, and the state government is, um, instead of... You know, helping with this and giving us the twenty million for the pigs, they're they're removing one of the tools we use to control them. So um, it's it's going in the wrong direction at the moment, and and, um, and I just get so many phone calls about it too. Dollar, just mate, what, you know, what are they doing about pigs? Because yeah. it's a pretty it's a pretty easy one we should be getting on top of. So what's the what's the solution for you? I mean. You, you know, like what would you do with the twenty million? I mean, education's one thing, but what would you be doing? Oh well, yeah. I mean, you know, the the lazy option is just an um, um, area of shoots, but um, but there's some really interesting stuff when you get into the strategic um, uh, the strategic planning around um, doing bulk kills on on pigs, and um, and there's some really interesting people and contractors in that space, which it, it'll always still include, include aerial shooting. That's always a big part of it, but. Um, but if you get strategic and working with the breeding cycles and trying, you know, they do, um, oh, I've got the terminology off the top of my head, but where they do feeding, you know, they start feeding pigs and train sure. them, they'll yeah. feed them grain for a few weeks and then, and then, um, um, put in some lethal poison bait and, and, you know, after two or three weeks of feeding them and the bulk, like 
get a lot more effective um, results out of that sort of stuff. So there's, um, if, yeah, like I said, if you reckon with the, the seasonal do it strategically, um, you can get some really good efficient um, control numbers in. So um, that's where the answers lie, and um, and you know, twenty men could really go a long way, um, especially through. Those, um, all those western areas. Oh, actually, I shouldn't say just western areas because through the, I know they're a really big problem through the bananas and the um, sugarcane on the on the far north as well. Yeah, they certainly are, um, and, and one that we all obviously, you know, uh, clearly, and I mean this, you know, need to get it under control because it has been such a problem for such a long time as well. So, you know, something that we all probably, you know, really need to sort of look at and make sure that we. Um, you know, long-term can get it under control. I don't know if the government necessarily yeah. want to know it. Water security in Mount Isa has always been a thing in the Cloncurry Shire Council. Um, yeah. They could assume responsibility for the northwest local water assets for a small sum, yeah. and that would be a better thing. Th- this is something that you really need to, to, to drill down on. Yeah, well, uh, and, uh, you know, something that should, uh, could be looked at for all regional Queensland Um I know, I know. There's one council in particular that doesn't want to take control of assets, but um, I think it's a risk any time the state government has control of assets. And say, for instance, in the in the northwest district, the um, Lake Julius and Lake Mendo is two magnificent dams there that service um, both Concurry and Mount Isa, and mostly Mount Isa, but um, also connect piped in through Concurry. But um, they're mostly built and paid for by the mines, and um, but they hand it over to the state government. The state government take a nice, healthy profit over um, in a lot of the years. It's a bit complicated to explain how the money changes hands, but because um, something there's, it goes back to the state government to dividend. Sometimes they give a dividend back. Sometimes they don't. But um, the fact remains that there's you know we sit there and um, you sit there. And, Concurry Mount Isa and there's um, you know uh, they're dry areas and we've got these massive water storages and Lake Julius sits there massive dams sits there 80% most of the time not touched because it, the water's too expensive and um, some water in charge of it just crank up the prices and um, uh, I've heard there's a new mine opening up that's going to move to a bore field and so they're using the water the pipeline right nearby that it just won't use because um, the water's too expensive so um, but yeah, what I'm suggesting is that the councils we do it like we've done in the southeast uh, corner, where they all the councils come together and said, well, we'll take over all these assets and and um, set up a body to run it, and um, then we can control um, who gets the money, and and um, then there's no no longer so much restriction on how much you use because you'll um, you know you're not constrained by price and um, and I yeah, so there's a big answer we could all get water a lot cheaper, I believe. And um, and have a lot greener grass, which means a lot, you know, is a lot to livability and attracting people to live out in western areas. If you can have you know, green grass to water your lawns, and um, and industry's got affordable water as well to expand. And I think we do that better ourselves in western areas than um, you know these bodies like some water governed by from Brisbane. So um, so there's an answer there for the northwest. I think there's an answer there for a lot of other places in regional Queensland as well. And I'll be pushing that and uh, working with. Manai City Council and Hong Kai Council um, uh, to see what we can do there. Fantastic. Um, and that's something, obviously. Now, we spoke with Dr. Peter Ridd yesterday. This reef report just released. Unbelievable. Like, uh, I mean, the science around this is just laughable. Um, I'm so glad you, you, you know, you, um, you're onto this, Dobbo. Oh, it's not just many, a joke. It's not a many joke. People are. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's. 
I, I can't argue much around climate science. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to get through, but the re-science is definitive. Like it's the jury's out, and it's it's clear that there's, you know, we've had record coal cover and two years running, and now they're coming out saying there's problems, and you'll see in the commentary. Um, in the commentary, these people say you've just got to look at the science, and they they never quote actually. Um, they never seem to quote actual scientists. They quote activists who just say, "Look at the science. The reef is in trouble." They never quote an actual feat. But Peter Reid will say, "Well, there's record coral cover. That's a scientific fact. That's not that's that's not saying that's not saying I'm quoting the science. That is the science. It is the data he's actually given you." So. Um, it's it's easy that it's easy to see that the reef isn't in trouble. It's actually had two years of record coral cover and um, and another lot of healthy ticks. So it it just shows the farce and the lie that's been said to the public globally um, for let's say the last ten or twenty years about the reef. There's there's no problem. I mean, there's some, I'm sure there's some problems in there, but nothing like the, the, the scaremongering that they're saying. And we've built all this government policy and funding around it. There's half, like half a billion dollars sitting there for the reef, and um, and it's in good condition. Uh, generally speaking, it's in good condition. Unbelievable. So it's just nuts, and and shows you how you know people in regional Queensland have just been taken for a ride at news. Used as the whipping boys for um, environmental and public policy people in the cities who want to feel good about themselves. Quickly, the Socceroos through to the quarterfinal. No one would have thought about it. What a great story for uh, soccer in Australia. Um, ranked outsiders, like up there, I think they're 50th in the world. They make the World Cup. They then go and they've beaten Denmark overnight, the 10th best nation in the world, Like, and they're through to the quarterfinal. It's a great story. It is huge, mate. They're... Um they're real battlers, in, you know, because I've, I've always been um, a footy man and in, in Australia and, um, and you know, they're sort of like the poor cousins of sport in, in Australia, which I reckon makes it great because they're, you know, they, they don't get the um, widespread support that um, some of the other sports do in Australia, a footy and our cricket, but... Um, and, but it makes you them really uh, endearing, I think, when they when they persevere and, and they um, have these results. So just yeah, what a great bunch of players. Good on them. Good on you. Yeah, well said. Hey, uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. We'll catch up again shortly. Thanks, Dobbo. Good on you, great Robbie Catter. We'll take a break. Come back with more.